And uh, I'm excited about this time together and this message. I've really been praying over it. And, and for the last two weeks, God has really put on my heart the children who are going to be here today. And, and I, it really caused me to really focus in my sermon to, to really explain everything very well and, and simply so that the, the children can understand it. So kids, I want you to focus today. And, and, and I'm, I was thinking of you and I've been praying for you. And, and this message is especially for you. It's for all of us. We'll all get something from it. But I, I want to ask you first this. Have you ever thought of what it would be like if God were buying your Christmas presents? <laughs> Pretty good, huh? I mean, it's one thing to get presents from family and friends, but, and, and that's all good, but to get presents from God himself, that would be pretty incredible, right? Well, here's the thing. God has given Christmas presents to us already. He has given us peace. He has given us joy. He has given us hope. He has given us love. But the greatest gift of all that God gave us is the gift of salvation and eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And every other good thing, the Bible says, every good thing comes from the Father. Every good thing in your life is a gift from God. And it all comes through our faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all about him. That's why my sermon today is entitled, Behold, a Savior is Born. And I get that title from the, the, the passage, Pastor Deb read it earlier, about the, the angels appearing to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem. They were taking care of sheep. And in Luke 2, 8 through 14, it says, There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel. That means more and more angels appeared with that one angel. And they were all praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now, this story is one of the most familiar stories on earth. And on the surface, it seems kind of simple. There was a poor couple in ancient Israel, and they traveled to their hometown for a census. A census is when the government counts how many people are in their country, how many is in this town and in that town, and, and how many do we have all together. And, and the Romans, when they took a census, they required everyone to go to their hometown. That's why Luke 2, 1 through 5 says, In those days, Caesar Augustus, he was the ruler of Rome, and Rome was ruling over Israel at that time. And he issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and he, and was she, not he, I want to change the scripture there, she was expecting a child. Because of this census, there were so many people that had come to, to Bethlehem that there was no room in any motel, hotel, or bed and breakfast in Bethlehem. There was no rooms. So the innkeeper, he had mercy on 
Mary and Joseph, and he let them stay in his stable where he kept the animals. Luke 2, 6 through 7 says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Interesting story. But if that's all that happened, we wouldn't be standing here talking about it today. Because, you see, this was the most incredible birth in history. Why is it so incredible? Because on this night, God entered the world as a baby. The Bible says the Word, Jesus is the Word, the, the Word became flesh, took on a body, and, and dwelt among us. And so while most of the people in the world went around about their business unaware, God became a man so that he could be the Savior of the world. That's amazing. It's incredible, but not only is the Christmas story amazing, but many of the stories of the Christmas traditions that we celebrate are amazing because if you think about it, they're all about Jesus and all about the gifts he gave us. And I want to talk about some of those Christmas traditions today. Traditions are customs that's handed down from one generation to the next. We have lots of generations in this church today, and, and some of the families are here with three and four generations, and, and things get passed down from grandparents to parents to children to their children, and it's the, kind of the way our family does things, how, how we do Christmas. Uh, when we open our presents, some do it on Christmas Eve, some do it on Christmas Day. When do we decorate? How do we decorate? When and what do we eat? All those things are traditions. Now, now listen, most traditions, they're not biblical. I'm not saying they're unbiblical. They're just not in the Bible. The Bible does not say to celebrate Christmas this way. In fact, celebrating Christmas is not in the Bible at all. But it's okay for us to celebrate it because God is a God of celebration. And all through the Bible, people celebrated big events. I mean, you think about the people of Israel when they came, when they came out of Egypt and, and they, they, with the Passover. They celebrated that Passover every year. They celebrated to this day. And the other feasts, like the Feast of Tabernacles, they're celebrating the, the big events that happened in their history. And this is one of the biggest events that ever happened in the history of all mankind. So I think it's great for us to celebrate it. The word holiday means holy day. And the word Christmas means Christ's Mass, which is a church service celebrating the birth of Christ like we're doing today. But did you know that celebrating Christmas is a relatively recent tradition? For the first three centuries after Christ, Christmas wasn't in December and it wasn't on the calendar at all. I know we think of Mary and Joseph trudging to Bethlehem in the middle of winter, but no one really knows the, the date when Jesus Christ was born. Nobody knows. But the, the choice of December 25th was made in the 3rd century to replace pagan festivals that, that celebrated the winter solstice. Pagans are people who do not believe in Jesus, but they, they, they either worship many gods or many times they worship nature. And, and they had festivals at the summer solstice and the winter solstice. A solstice, the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. In, in other words, the day when there's the least sunlight. 
The summer solstice is the, de- the day of the year when there's the most sunlight. And both of those days were celebrated by, by them. And so in the third century, the Christians uh, replaced that festival for them on December 25th because the winter solstice, if you know, was this week. It happened, I think, on Thursday. And so they picked this day to be the day to celebrate Jesus. It's not the day, but it is a day. But it wasn't until the 1800s Think about that. Almost 2,000 years after Christ, that Christmas began to be celebrated as we know it today. We think it's been celebrated like this forever, but it hasn't. It wasn't, it's only been the last few hundred years that, that we had church services and gift giving and, and the singing of, of carols, carols on Christmas. And, and there's many Christ, Christmas traditions, that, and some people don't know that they're all about Jesus and they're all about the gifts he gave. Now, children, I want you to understand today, all of these, what these traditions mean. So when you're out and about and you see these things or you see them in your own house, you understand. Parents, you need to understand it so you can pass on to your children what all of these things mean because I think a lot of us don't even know what they mean. For instance, do you know that Christmas trees and Christmas lights are all about Jesus? The evergreen tree is a big part of the Christmas holiday. And that tradition dates back thousands of years to Scandinavians. That's people who lived in a very cold area of North Europe where they had very harsh winters. And all the trees seemed to die every year except for evergreen trees. So you had all these trees that were dead, but you had these trees that were still green. They didn't understand the science of it like we do today. And they thought there was something magical, some kind of supernatural power that these trees had uh, that caused them to stay alive even in the dead of winter. So they began this tradition of chopping down these evergreen trees and bringing them into their homes in the winter. They did it because it thought, they thought it brought them life and it brought them good fortune. And because of that, many Christians were against Christmas trees for years because of its pagan origins. It took one of the greatest leaders in Christian history to change that. In the 1500s, there was a, 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 a man in Germany, a, a, a monk. His name was Martin Luther. Not Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King gets his name from Martin Luther. Martin Luther led what we call the Great Reformation the reform of the church in the 1500s because at that time the church began to teach people that, that they were saved by works. They had to do all these good works in order to, to be uh, saved and to be uh, a believer. And, and God revealed to Martin Luther a, a, the, the truth that has somehow been lost over time that salvation is actually by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he brought us these great truths that, that, that salvation is only by grace and, and, and it's by grace alone, it's by the word alone, it's by Christ alone. He, he brought us all these truths. And one night, Martin Luther was walking home in his town in, in Wittenberg, Germany, and it was a dark December evening and he saw the beauty of the stars shining through the evergreen trees around his house. And he was so captivated by this and how beautiful it was that he cut one down, put up an evergreen in his home, and tied candles to it. 
So the great reformer, Martin Luther, started the tradition of lighted Christmas trees. He taught that the tree represented the love of God. The colors of, of, of do not fade, so God's love never fades. The, the light represents the light and the hope that Christ brought into the world. And, and we know that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. So when you see a Christmas tree, and you see Christmas lights, I want it to remind you uh, of Jesus. When you see the tree, think of the love that God has for you that caused him to send Jesus to light the way. When you see the lights, remember, Jesus Christ is the light of the world, and he lights the way for our lives, and he lights the way to eternal life. Do you know that Christmas wreaths are about Jesus? I put pictures of all these up here so you know what they are. A wreath. That's a wreath. It's a round bunch of evergreen branches tied together in a circle. And they're a symbol of the life that Christ gave to us. Remember, it's evergreen. It's a symbol of life. And the circular shape represents eternity. Because a circle has no beginning, no end, just like God. Every time I do a wedding, I talk about wedding rings and how they are a, a circle with no beginning and no end. That, that, that's God's eternalness, God's love. His love has no beginning and, and his love has no end. So Reese remind us of the eternal life we have by trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that the candy cane is about Jesus? The white represents the sinless life of Jesus Christ. And it represents that when we are saved, he, he makes us clean. The Bible says he makes us white as snow. The red represents the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross for our sins to make us white as snow. The curve on the end, if you turn it upside down, it's a J that stands for Jesus. And if you put it right side up, it's like one of the long sticks with a curved end called a staff that shepherds have. Then they use it to lead their sheep. So every time you enjoy a candy cane, enjoy it, but let it remind you that Jesus, of what Jesus did for you at Christmas, of what Jesus did for you on the cross, let it remind you that Jesus is a good shepherd who leads us, who guides us, who watches over us, and who protects us every day of our lives. Do you know that Christmas colors represent Jesus? Green, red, gold, they're the traditional colors of Christmas. The first is green. As I told you, green's always been a symbol of life. People with ancient, since ancient times have been fascinated by the trees and plants that stayed green throughout the winter. Green represents eternal life through Christ. Red represents the power of the blood of Jesus, that power of the blood of Jesus to forgive us for all our sins and to give us eternal life. Gold represents the fact that Jesus is a king. He is, a, in fact, the king of kings and, and the Lord of lords. And it represents the gifts that the wise men brought to Jesus when he was a baby. And it symbolizes the star, the shining star that guided them to, to, to Bethlehem. Do you know that Christmas presents speak of Jesus? The origins of this tradition are found, Pastor Deb read it earlier, I'm going to read it again, with the wise men in Matthew 2. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. The star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced 
with exceedingly great joy. And when they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, they fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, their treasures, they weren't just giving something extra. They weren't just giving a little bit. They opened up their treasures, things that was special and meaningful to them. They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, for many years, people did not give gifts to each other at Christmas. People felt that, hey, this is the birthday of Jesus Christ. It's a time of giving to him. We give to him only and not to anyone else. Over time, people began to go the other direction, and now many people give gifts to everybody else but Jesus. But the spirit of Christmas is a spirit of giving. We're never, listen, you're never more like Jesus than when you give. For God so loved that he gave. So now we've had this understanding that we give to the Lord and we give to each other. But unfortunately, many people have kind of lost the meaning, the true meaning of the reason for this season. And, and I've seen so many posts lately about people that just, they don't, I don't like Christmas. I don't like Christmas season. I, I, it's too, too busy. It's too hectic and it's too much trouble. I'm having to get all, spend all this money and buy all these gifts for all these people. But listen, it's not, nothing wrong with shopping, nothing wrong with, with giving. But if we get so caught up in all of that that we forget Jesus, we, we, we miss the whole point of this. Listen, here's the, here, here's the point. Matthew 1, 21 through 23. She, Mary, will give a birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the New Testament word of the Old Testament word named Joshua, and, and it means Savior. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. This is what we call the good news. Jesus came to save us from our sins, and Jesus came to be God with us. Listen, it's hard to understand why Jesus would leave heaven to become a baby in a manger, to leave these streets of gold, to come to these dusty streets to, to, in Bethlehem, and, and to leave all, all that you had up there to come to earth. we got to understand why he did it. The whole point of the baby's birth is this. God created us because he loved us, and he wanted a relationship with us. But sin, sin breaks that relationship. Sin means to do something wrong, to disobey God. Kids, some of the wrong things we do are, are, are to disobey our parents or if we tell a lie or if we mistreat our brothers or, or our sisters. Those sins cause us to be separated from God. But Jesus came to be our Savior. It's the reason for this season. He came as a baby so he could grow up and die on a cross so that we could find our way back to God through faith in him. That's the story of the Bible. God loves you so much and he wants relationship with you so much. He sinned his only begotten son to become a man in order to die for the sins of the world and in order to die for your sins. The most famous verse in the Bible is John 3 16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news. God loved the world. God loves you. So he sent Jesus. God, Christmas is God clearly saying to us, I love you. And to make it very clear, he sent his own son, Jesus, 
to earth as a human baby, but Jesus did not stay a baby in a manger. He became a man who paid the price for every sin we would ever commit. He did that by dying on a cross, and he proved it by coming back to life. That's the proof that, that he is who he says he is. This is the good news of why the Savior is born. And the good news is this, that God loves you, and God's love for you never changes. God loves you on your good days. God loves you on your bad days. God loves you when you feel his love. God is still loving you when you don't feel it. God loves you when you think you deserve it. He loves you when you don't deserve it. God loves you so much that, he, he, that nothing will ever separate you from his love. And every good gift, James says, comes from the Father. Now, he may use other people to get that gift to you. But he is the source. Jesus Christ is God's Christmas gift to us. Yet some of us have gone Christmas after Christmas after Christmas and never opened the biggest gift under the tree, the gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Not only does God want to give you gifts, he wants to make the most, exchanging, the most amazing exchange of gifts with you. You know, we, we say that we exchange gifts. I give you a gift, you give me a gift. That's an exchange of gifts. What can we give God? You know what God wants? God wants you. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants you. He wants to love you, and he wants you to, to love him. And, and he wants to make this exchange of gifts. So Christmas is Jesus Christ saying to you, give me your sin, and I'll give you salvation. Give me your empty heart, and I will give you meaning and purpose. Give me your worry, and I will give you peace. Give me your fear, and I will give you faith. Give me your addiction, and I will give you freedom. Give me your depression, and I will give you joy. Give me your discouragement, I will give you hope. Give me your guilt and your condemnation, and I will give you forgiveness. What the, it's the most amazing exchange of gifts that can happen. Don't miss this gift exchange. Don't miss the purpose of Christmas. It's not about what's under the tree. It's about the man who hung on the tree, who hung on the cross. Christmas is not about having a, a, a vacation. It's about receiving salvation. It's not about jingles bells. It's about the angels Noels. It's not about Father Christmas. It's about Father God. It's not about Jack Frost. It's about Jesus saving the lost. It's not about Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. It's about Jesus and his red-stained cross. It's not about the Grinch who stole Christmas. It's about Father God who gave us Christmas. It's not about Frosty the snowman. It's about Jesus making you a new man. It's not about the gifts we give each other. Those are awesome. Keep doing it. But don't miss the gift God gives you. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What do you have to do to earn a gift? If you earn it, it's not a gift. God's giving it. What do you do? You, you receive it. You receive it. And in, in history's greatest miracle, God became a human being. The King of kings and the Lord of lords chose birth in a stable and death on a cross so he could give you gifts. That's why we celebrate Jesus. 
That's the reason for this season. Jesus came to earth to die for our sins, to give us eternal life and relationship with God. And as a result of receiving Jesus, you receive all the blessings that come from that, all the peace and all the joy and all the love and all the hope and all the blessings. So my question to you this day, have you opened that gift from God? Have you ever received that gift from God? Have you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Nothing you can do to earn it. You just believe it, confess it, and receive it. I'm going to ask everybody if you would bow your head all around the congregation just for a moment here. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to ask everybody to pray it out loud. I know many of you have prayed and asked Jesus into your heart, and, but I want us to do that today for the sake of those who are doing it for the, the first time. And I want you to just pray after me. Lord God, I thank you for the gift of Christmas. Thank you for sending Jesus as a baby. Thank you that he died for my sins. And I believe in my heart that Jesus died for me and he rose again. And I'm confessing to you, God, I have sinned. I have done wrong, but I ask your forgiveness. I repent of my sin. I turn from it, and I turn to you. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. Let's keep your head bowed. This is a holy moment right here. And if you prayed that prayer today and you asked Jesus into your heart, if you gave yourself to him, if you received that gift today, just want you to, just all around the auditorium today, just quickly raise your hand. Just raise your hand up. And then just for a moment, just for a moment, I see that. Yes, 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 yes. Any more? I'm going to give you a moment. Lord God, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to earth, for leaving heaven and coming to earth for us, to die for us so that we could receive the gift of salvation, forgiveness, and eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for those of you who raise your hand and praise that prayer, hey, the Bible says you're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Everything you've done up to this moment, it's forgiven. It's done. It's washed clean. You're a new, got a clean slate, a fresh start. The Holy Spirit has come to live in you, and you now have, have all the power of God at your disposal. The Word of God, I encourage you, get in church. I encourage you, get in the Word. I encourage you, 
read your Bible, I encourage you to pray, get to know God, and grow in your faith. It's the greatest thing you could ever do. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for these. Thank you, Lord. Now, we're going to do go tell it on the mountain? Okay. See, once we receive it, we got to go tell it. Right? It's not for us to keep to ourselves. This is good news. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to, Jesus said, go into the whole world, the whole world and let them know. Make disciples. So we're going to go tell it. And uh, after this song, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come down front. And if you need prayer for anything, Michelle talked earlier. I know it's hard for some people at, at this time of year. We want to pray with you. If, if, you, if you gave your heart to Jesus, you want to tell somebody about it, hey, tell them. Whatever you need prayer for, we would love to pray with you. See the hand of God move in your life. Love y'all so much. I hope you have the best Christmas ever. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to sing this together.